For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to a new year and a new episode of Absent Minded. We're diving into the World Junior Championships. It's Patrick Bexel and with me, I'm having Matt Drake. Matt, Happy New Year and uh, let's hope 2023 is a little bit better than 22, right? Yeah, happy new year, man. I've already made my resolution. My resolution you broke is it as well? That, um, <laughs> no, I haven't. And actually, I can't make or break it. That's, that's the fun thing about my resolution. My resolution is that the Montreal Canadiens are getting Connor Bedard. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Ken Hughes and, and team, make it happen. Otherwise, you're making a, a resolution breaker out of me. Uh, that's why I picked one that I can't make or break. So, But it's a good one. We just got to make it happen. I've had a colleague that uh, is supposed to ride with us as as, as a car share um, all autumn, and he hasn't been able to. I think he's ridden with us like five times, and he said he's going to do it spring. And we're there, the other two of us are more like, how long will he keep that New Year's resolution? So yeah, they're made for breaking though. That I'm going to lose yeah. weight as always. Not going to happen either, probably. But that's how that's the way we go. We're not here to talk about New Year's resolutions, though. Uh, I'm happy to uh, tell everyone that is listening that Yavle Bokken survived all the way to New Year's uh, New Year's Day this year, so no burning there. Uh, looking at the World Juniors, the quarterfinals are finally here. After should we say a little bit loop-sided kind of of uh, round robin? A little bit. I mean, I, I got to say, it was, for me, I felt like it was one of the weirder round robins that I've seen. Uh, there were some upsets in there. You still see some of the usual suspects uh, heading into the quarterfinals, but there were some upsets. And there were also some blowouts and some blowouts that you didn't expect to see. I mean, we watched one yesterday. Uh, my Canadians stomped your Swedish boys. What happened there, Patrick? Um Two things. Um, I think partly they the kids weren't ready for for the game, like mentally, uh, with the crowd backing the Canadians that that good and and partisan home crowd and and a full arena. You know these guys don't really play for full arenas. A lot of them play in, in, mm. in pro leagues, but rarely that partisan and and that kind of a full arena. And I think it went to their heads a little bit. And second, when they went down that early. Uh, I also think that, you know, they were just rolling the lines, preparing themselves for the quarterfinals. And now they were going to get into the quarterfinals anyway. So, you know, at the end, you don't want to do anything stupid. Like uh, someone in Canada did and got a match penalty for it. Mm. When you're 3-0 <laughs> up, you don't need an opponent, no matter what you think. You try to avoid that so you don't get injured and you don't, yeah. and you don't cause problems being suspended in the quarterfinal. Obviously, Canada got a, I shouldn't say an easy draw, but 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 a bit of a better draw 
Uh, could have been even better, though. Let's be honest about that. Yeah, if you if you stay intact. I mean, the, the nice thing about, let's not call it a nice thing. Um, I mean, we, we got a suspension coming. We also got Colton Dock that went down uh, to injury. But the nice thing, out of all that, especially if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, as we found out earlier today, that uh, Owen Beck got the call from Canada. So he's going to be um, presumably lacing up for them in the quarterfinal. I think that's a fantastic decision for Canada. I think it's going to make them a better team than they already were. Um, not to take anything away from Colton Doc, I think he's been very good in that tournament. Um, but this is almost, and I know this is a terrible thing to say, but it's almost a blessing in disguise for Canada. I think that they can actually get better with Owen Beck on that roster. So, yeah, you you don't like to see the injuries. You definitely don't like to see someone sticking a knee out um, when you're already up in a game like that. But um, I think they can come out the other side of this uh, looking a little bit better for for the games that actually matter now. Uh, look, looking, and let's start with Canada, Slovakia. Um, in anyways, but but if we look at it, you got to feel that so far Canada has had one really good first line and not much behind it, and Beck can, might be able to change that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a good first. It's a good one. Tr- if you're a one trick pony, that's a really good trick to have. Mm-hmm. When it's Connor Bedard, Logan Stankoven, and uh, Joshua Hua, a Habs prospect, uh, that that are forming that trick for you, they're virtually unstoppable. You do need something going in behind them, though. What I do like is in the last couple of games, we've seen the defense activate a little bit. Uh, we've seen some really good play overall from Olin Zellweger. We've seen some really good play from a few other guys as well. Kevin Korczynski actually really impressed me in the last game against Sweden uh, and his ability to jump up into the rush. I think that with Owen Beck, they might have a better secondary effort in terms of scoring. I'm not sure where they're going to slot him in. My best guess would be that he's going to be the fourth line center, but keep your eyes on Owen Beck, man. I mean, he's defensively elite uh, in the OHL. He's going to bring that same excellent two-way play uh, to the World Juniors for Canada, and he absolutely can hurt you on offense. I mean, there was a four-on-four sequence in his game the other day where he gets the puck uh, middle of the ice right around center, right? Goes past the red line, gets around one guy, cuts into the middle as he cuts into the zone and just fires a perfect wrist shot, low, hard, off the post and in. Um, He can create offense out of nothing. You could have a, a play that really looks like it's going nowhere, and all of a sudden he's taking a, a quick wrist shot on you uh, that ends up in the back of the net. So he really could help them get some of that secondary uh, scoring. But when you look at that top line, man, I mean, they're, they're going to ride or die with that top line, I think. As long as that top line is able to produce, they're going to be dangerous. Connor Bedard has 18 points in this tournament, which is absurd. Uh, Joshua Hua is actually tied uh, for sixth in tournament scoring with Philip Meshar. So on the other side for Slovakia, it's, you know, can Philip Meshar start filling the net a little bit? Um, if that happens, I mean, Canada can't overlook Slovakia. They're not, they're, they're definitely not a favorite to win this tournament. Certainly not without Uri Slavkovsky there to help buoy the offense a little bit. But Meshar has been putting together a very quietly excellent tournament. And he's a player that, you know, if you're overlooking him and if they can get him out there, in situations where he doesn't have to face that super dangerous top line for Canada, there's a chance that he goes out, puts up a couple goals and all of a sudden turns this into a very tight game. So, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely and- right. Canada, they, they got to get some secondary scoring to make sure that um, if the, in the unlikely event that Connor Bedard can't break through that, that they've got somebody else behind him that can fill that net a little bit because Slovakia is dangerous. 
Yeah, and Swarka um, is relying on, on that old one-trick pony as well, in a way. Um, fast counterattacks and strong goaltending. Um, and, and if you... One of the lower um, uh, lines uh, for Canada messes up, there can easily be two fast goals there. And uh, that's the chance luck you have. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna bet against Canada. I think I, I said before the tournament that Canada will run away with this, and and I'm sticking by that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's that part of of, of the tournament really. Um, looking though, and and let's let's just jump into it straight ahead as well, uh, and keep the European teams and in, in the second part of this podcast, um, USA versus Germany. When was Germany in, in the quarterfinals last time? Probably when Finland had that atrocious tournament a couple of years ago. Um, no, or they, they fought Germany in the in the relegation battle, didn't they? Well, I don't know. I don't remember. But but yeah, it's been a while. And um, this is where it shows really that that we might miss a, a Russia. I'm not saying they should have been in the tournament. I'm just saying the tournament lacks a little bit of, you know, Difficult to to pick the quarterfinals. Now it's only one per, one quarterfinal that looks a little bit difficult to pick. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I don't want to take anything away from Germany, right? But I think we can all agree if, if Russia was in this tournament, Germany's probably not in the quarterfinals, right? That being said, Germany's been a little bit surprising in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, certainly not against Canada. That was a bit of a rough game for them. But outside of that game, they've actually looked. Uh, better than I think most would have expected them to look. They don't have anybody uh, near the top of of the tournament scoring. So really, they've been getting it done by committee, and they're going to have to do that against the U.S., right? So the U.S., obviously, um, the key for them, I'd say, is don't walk into this game just thinking that it's an automatic win for you. Yeah, no, we saw that definitely Sweden trying uh, to do that, right? We saw that, Absolutely. If you go in like that, you know, you, you might end up with an embarrassing loss on your hands. Um, I, I think the U.S. are definitely heavy favorites to win this game. Um, definitely going to be looking to see what Lane Hudson can do. I, I think that uh, the transitional game is going to be really important. If Germany can choke off the neutral zone and kind of uh, force some turnovers and, and be opportunistic on those turnovers that they create, uh, they have a chance to win that game. But if the U.S. can dominate in transition, players like Lane Hudson, uh, Jimmy Snugger, Logan Cooley, etc., uh, can really fire off and get some good rush chances. I think they're going to pile up some goals and this could end up a bit of an ugly loss for Germany. But again, if Germany can choke off that neutral zone, and create those turnovers, you never know. We could have a game on our hands. Um, I'll definitely be watching that one uh, with some great interest. Obviously, Lane Hudson is there for everyone to see and it's something that we yeah. want to see and maybe evaluate a little bit more. Um, how does his game look, et cetera, et cetera. And, and try to project him coming into to NHL down the line. Um, we do know that it will take time for Lane Hudson. We also know that he will have a couple of world juniors. Uh, and this is more of a baseline to see that he has improved for next year. Yeah, I think when, when you're looking at Lane Hudson, obviously undersized defensemen, they don't typically get a lot of shine in the draft. And he was another one of those guys. Nothing that he did at the U.S. National Development Program seemed to matter, right? He had really good results there. Um, he's had fantastic results since joining the NCAA. 
but still he manages to slide in the draft. We get him all the way down at 62. Uh, Montreal ends up picking him. Um, so far, what you've seen from him is, yeah, he's absolutely dynamic on the offensive side of the puck. I feel like personally, from what I've seen in this tournament, he's been better defensively than I expected him to be as well. Um, but really where he shines is, is in the offensive end and in transition. Um, the, he's he, he executes some high-level dekes to absolutely embarrass people. And, you know, I don't think Germany is necessarily the, the litmus test that we want for Lane Hudson to say, oh, well, if he has a good game here, then that's it. He's proven himself to be a blue-chip prospect. But I, I think when you look overall at his tournament, it's how has he been able to impact transition? I think he's had a very positive impact on the United States in terms of transitioning the puck uh, through all three zones. And I, I think that's the key for him is that he continues to be able to do that. Uh, that's where he's going to find success at the next level um, and when he gets to the NHL. And hopefully it's just a continuation of that. And we can really see him shine in these uh, remaining games for the U.S. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. We'll be right back after these messages. We are here with Matt Drake and Patrick Bexel um, looking towards the World Junior Championships quarterfinals coming up tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to save the best for last. Czech versus uh, Switzerland, though. Czech has really impressed. Uh, when I spoke to Darina on the uh, uh, preview, we were not very convinced about Czechia going uh, this or coming to the quarterfinals. Fine. But they have right. impressed. They, they've, they've gotten some good results with them. Winning the group and and coming in uh, to this uh, quarterfinal meeting, uh, the fourth team uh, in the other group. Um, is there a potential for upset? I think Switzerland next year might be their chance to get out of the quarters. I don't, you know, if, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I don't, I don't really like betting on hockey in particular. Um, I, I would be putting money on on Czechia in this one. They've looked fantastic in this tournament. Uh, I don't see a path for Switzerland to get past them in this game. Uh, I really think they're going to take it. Uh, they're going to run away with it, and they're going to move into the semis. Uh, they've been incredible. You saw them shut down Canada in the first game. I think Canada was a little bit shell-shocked um, with the way that that first period went, and from there it just devolved. And, you know, they didn't have that top line together during that game so they didn't have their one trick pony going for them and you, you saw what happened right i think if they meet again uh we might see a different result but i i also think that you have to heap praise on czechia for how they've played in this tournament uh and heap praise on david Spacek. david Spacek is currently tied for third in tournament scoring uh he's a guy that i had you know i had campaigned for the habs to take a flyer on him in the draft and they didn't uh, son, of course, of Yaroslav Spacek, who used to play for the Montreal Canadiens. He's been fantastic in this tournament. He's got three goals and four assists. You know, your leading scorer is coming from the blue line. Um, and they've looked fantastic. They've looked absolutely fantastic. Stanislav Svozl has been fantastic as well. Um, I just don't see a path for Switzerland to beat them. Switzerland has been a little bit sneaky good in this tournament. Um, I, I think you're absolutely correct. I think next year they're going to have a much better team. Uh, but this year, I, I think it's Czechia's year. They're going to move on to the semis, and uh, and we'll see. 
um, what they can do from there. Uh, they've just been so good this tournament. I, I can't praise them enough. Uh, I've been super impressed to win a division uh, or a group rather with Canada and Sweden in it. That's no easy task. So you got to give them, you got to give credit where credit's due. That, that's a team that I don't think anybody had winning that group and they did it. And um, I, I think you got to put some faith in them that, yeah, they're going to get through to the semis and we'll see what they can do there. Indeed. Uh, Czechia um, also, interestingly uh, for me, has been uh, Giricek really carrying that team, maybe not offensively, but as a leader. Uh, I've been very impressed with him playing heavy minutes. And, and I, I, of course, he's supposed to be that leader. But, but there you see what a uh, top draft pick can, can do, really. Um, yeah. And, and I would as also, we mentioned, Slovakia I, would have benefited again from, from Juraj Slavkovsky in, in the lineup. On the other hand, we, we haven't really seen that much of Bright. Shane Wright, I mean, he's had a quietly good tournament as well, right? He's got six points, so he's up there with Joshua uh, tied for, what, sixth in tournament scoring. Um, I would say, though, underwhelming from Shane Wright, right? When you're one of the top picks, you go into a tournament like that, you're playing on a powerhouse like Canada, he's getting a lot of power play time as well. I think you would be looking for a little bit more than that. Right. Like Joshua, for example, and maybe this is my Habs bias kicking in that I want to compare those two. Joshua has a fifth round pick and he's got six points in four games. Same as Shane Wright. And he's not getting any power play time. He's been very sparsely used on the power play only when they really need an extra body. So, um, I mean, you got to wonder what would happen if your Slavkovsky was there. I think Slovakia obviously very clearly would have benefited from him being there. You have to wonder what would he have done point wise? I think uh, I'm, I'm, I find it hard to believe that he'd be up in that Connor Bedard range of 18 points in four games, but um, I, I think he'd definitely be one of the top producers in the tournament. And it's, it's almost unfortunate. I was talking about this. I think you and I talked about it on a previous podcast. I would have sent Slavkovsky to this tournament if I was the Habs. I don't see the point in having him play in these 9-2 blowout losses uh, when you could have the opportunity to go and lead Slovakia and try to compete for a medal. Um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but yeah, I agree with you, Shane Wright. Uh, been a little bit quiet. Biggest game of the uh, quarterfinal is going to be the uh, eternal rivalry as we think about it, and both nations think the other team always wins. It's also <laughs> the first game of, of tomorrow. Uh, so it's Finland, Sweden, and really two Habs prospects on different parts of the ice, both I would say I haven't been impressed by Kapanen. Uh, he's done more or less what I expected him to. And then obviously uh, Engstrom hasn't has struggled with the Swedish team that hasn't been as good as, as many thought prior to the tournament. I was very skeptical about it. And Heavily has kept the Gordon line intact even when they have struggled as much as they have done in Hockey Alsanskan. So uh, coaching for Sweden and offensive output for Sweden. Yeah, I'm actually going to give this to Finland because I also said uh, this is not a great Finnish team in the preview and uh, the saving grace might be that Sweden is worse and I think Sweden is worse. (laughs) You know, I watched that game between Canada and Sweden and, you know, you and I talked about it before we started recording, right? That maybe Sweden just wasn't ready for that game mentally. Maybe the crowd played a bit of a factor. Uh, but I also noticed that Sweden was able to generate some really good high quality scoring chances. They got outshot 
what I think was about two to one in that yeah. game, right? Canada, I think had 40 shots. They had about 21. Um, I'd have to go back and double check my numbers on that, but they got outshot really badly, but when they were shooting, they were getting really good scoring chances. So the thing about this game between Sweden and Finland, I think that's the marquee matchup tomorrow that everybody needs to watch. Number one, great game to watch if you're a Habs fan, uh, because you do have two prospects there in Kapanen and Engstrom uh, that you can keep an eye on and see what they're able to do in a, in what should be a, a very competitive game. Um, but Finland, I, I know you're tempted to give it to Finland, but the, the one thing they need to look out for is that Sweden's able to generate those high quality chances. Like when they do get a foray into the offensive zone, it's very rarely not ending with a high danger scoring chance. You know, they got stonewalled a few times by Thomas Millich against Canada. So that game could have been much closer than it was. It's more the fact, I think, that uh, uh, the, the second line with uh, Lekemeki, uh, Erland, and uh, Ergren uh, hasn't really worked. And it hasn't worked the whole f- the, the fall either. So um, keeping them together, um, maybe mix something up, do make something happen. Uh, also, for, for people joining us and, and hasn't heard the preview of Sweden, with uh, Jimmy Hamrin uh, before the tournament. Um, Axel Sandin Pellica is, is uh, a really, really interesting player to watch. Um, he's rising in the draft rankings all the time. Um, defender, speedster, uh, good pack handling skills. A little bit small, maybe, uh, in regards to, to the opposing players at, at this tournament. But... Uh, having a good year in the SHL as well. So keep an eye on him uh, for future um, considerations, at least. And and it's it's a personal favorite of mine, obviously coached by one of my favorite coaches to interview as well, um, Robert Olsson in Skellefteå. Um, mm. I think Finland will take it. That will leave us with what? Uh, Canada, US, Czechia, and Finland in the uh, semifinals. And correct me if I'm wrong, that would be US Czechia, right? And Canada, Finland, or is it? Have I got my draw wrong here? We'll come back to that because we're going to do a preview of the of this uh, semifinals <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, looking at it though, um, we got to talk about uh, <laughs> the dreaded um, games as well with Latvia versus uh, Austria. Uh, Roar hasn't participated. He was ill coming into the tournament. Hasn't been as good as uh, maybe we thought. And also Austria hasn't been as as good as we had hoped. Yeah, I thought Austria was going to be a little bit more competitive in this one. Again, we talked about like, you know, the Russia being missing. I thought Austria had a better chance of moving forward than Germany, for example. Um, Clearly was wrong about that. I mean, still, I, I think they can hang their hat on on a decent tournament. But, um, you know, I think they would definitely like to maybe be in that position. If they had been able to complete that game uh, and win against Germany, uh, obviously had a rough second period in that game and gave up three goals. But um, if they had been able to get that win, you know, they might be in that, that position right now and they'd have a chance to try and shock the U.S. So I think it's a bit of a disappointment from them. But, you know, they they, they, they seem like they're building something in, in Austria where they, they might in a few years be able to compete for a, a quarterfinal spot. Yeah, and uh, you got you to gotta think like uh, Latvia, we, we sort of forget about it um, uh, from time to time, but it's part of the former part of the Soviet Union has that ice hockey culture that maybe uh, the... Uh, 
uh, Austrians doesn't have to the same degree. Um, plenty of unknown players. Um, my bet is that, that Austria uh, will go out and Latvia will stay up. And, and you, when we talk about players missing, Marco Kasper would have been, he would have saved Austria for, for, for this season if he was playing. Yeah, La- La- Latvia was more impressive to me than Austria for sure. Um, they almost, like, they almost shocked the U.S. Almost. Yeah. Through what, 40 minutes? They were tied with the U.S. and then the U.S. just busts out in the third period. I mean, you can definitely take that and say, all right, you know what? We had a good tournament. Just that alone would be enough for me. Uh, they almost beat Switzerland as well, didn't they? Or were they Yeah, they were lost, fine. Uh, it went, it went to overtime, right? Yeah, it went to, it went to, oh, it went to a shootout. Oh, right. It yeah. went to a shootout. They got beaten a shootout by Switzerland. I mean, again, you, you got to take that and you got to say, well, that's I count that as an absolute win for us. If we take Switzerland all the way to a shootout, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think they're probably going to be the team that um, comes out of the relegation there and, and stays up. And um, if they can continue to build around that, if they can you know, use that to kind of springboard themselves forward, uh, they might be able to compete in the next few years as well. I mean, like, let's face it, Viktor Tikhonov um, was a big part of Latvian hockey. Uh, and obviously, uh, maybe not as a, as a dictator style or, or anything. Artus Irbe, former NHL goalie, uh, came out of Latvia as well. So I think the, the pedigree is there. Uh, they've broken with the KHL, Dinamo Riga, and are now, they're now forming a more traditional national league. And, and I think it will just benefit the 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 hockey culture in Latvia and uh, they will go up and down a few times maybe but but over over a period of time I think that is one of the countries that will stay in in or or if they uh, yeah stay up or, or even if if they were to expand the World Juniors with with some other teams um, after a while when when maybe the war in in Ukraine is over and they want to have mm. Russia back in. Uh, that's one way of go of, of doing it. Uh, in other ways, uh, this has been very fun. We're looking forward to a very interesting 2023. Uh, we're probably going to start looking at draft prospects over at Eyes on the Price pretty soon. Uh, after yes, a uh, uh, December from uh, that that was cold. Let's leave it at that for Montreal Canadiens. Um, we. And I, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you this time, Matt. We wish you all a very merry uh, New Year, and we thank you for all the support you have given us in 2022. We hope to build on that and be able to um, have even more things for you on this uh, channel. 